From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here's your host, Eric Wakeling. All right, welcome to the Calvary Life Podcast. Excited for our episode today. I'm Eric Wakeling, again here with you and with... David Seidman, our new Calvary Christian School Head of School. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing great. It's so exciting to be here. Yes, I'm very glad to have you. We've just been blessed to have you join us just, I mean, just a few months ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't wait to go somewhere new during the pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that, of what it's like to be a new principal, head of school, like in a place that is not, it's not, this whole area is not totally new to you, but you haven't been around here for a little while, and in the middle of a global pandemic is not the norm, maybe, for job changes and that kind of thing. But, like, so today we're going to talk about... um, Christian education and talk about just education in general a little bit and like why um, does it matter to have education that is Christian and all of that. But before we get into some of that, I think it'd be really great for some of our people just to get to know you a little bit. And we kind of just talked about like, yeah, you're new to Calvary, but um, what was uh, sort of just your process or even some of maybe the maybe history that you've had with Calvary and why did you come? So I was um, a Christian school administrator for a long time, and I was really wrestling with, do I move into the public schools? Because there's a huge need for Christian educators in the public schools, and I have friends who are in public schools, and I really admire and respect the challenges that they face. And I was thinking, maybe I need to make a move there, and I was praying about it and wrestling with it. And I was invited to come on an accreditation visitation team to Calvary. What does that mean real quick? And like, that, means, yeah. that means you're an outside organization. You're evaluating the school. Are they doing everything they say they're doing? Are they strong academically? Do, mm-hmm. Are they following their mission that they say that they have? Yeah. It's just an outside approval stamp that this school is doing what they say they're doing, yeah. and they're doing it well. Okay. So um, Calvary is, is accredited by the Association of Christian Schools International, which is a large Christian school organization, about 5,500 schools in America and 50,000 something internationally. And uh, also the Western Association of Schools and Colleges, which accredits public schools and colleges and universities. Totally, totally. Yeah, a lot of people say WASC, right? Right, WASC, the WASC WASC team. So um, I go to serve, I'm invited to serve on a team. And the first night of the visit, um, we have a meeting with the board and the head of school um, was Dick Gertzen. And, um, and I'm for everyone s- to remember, if they don't, because some, like some yeah. people are like relatively new to Calvary, yeah. so Dick Gertzen or Richard Gertzen, Doctor Gertzen, right, was Dr. the head of school for of Calvary for a long time, a long yeah. time, and his son still works here, yeah. Yeah. and uh, and just just a great man, um, yeah. great history of Christian education, Northern California, then coming down here, and um, he started speaking at this dinner that we were. Mm. we were partaking of about the need for Christian schools to produce Christian school leaders. Mm. And that if we don't do that, nobody does. So mm. he's saying we have to have Christian schools. that are building Christian young people into leaders. Otherwise it's not going to happen. Mm. And when I heard that something clicked and I was like, God saying like, this is why I have you doing this. Yeah. And I realized this is why I need to stay in Christian education. Yeah. So I have a great debt of gratitude to Calvary Christian School, this, to the church, and this community, because that's the reason I'm in Christian education 
at this time. Wow. Because of that experience. That's amazing. And so then you were you were doing sort of administration at a few different schools kind of along right. the way, right? In your in your career path. Right. But then most recently you'd been out in the East Coast. Right? On the East Coast. Uh, my wife's from the East Coast. So okay. um, I was head of school out there for seven years at a Christian Academy outside, about 25 minutes outside of Manhattan. My wife um, hmm. wanted us to move close to her family. Okay. And so we did. Um, to be near her family. And then she, at some point she said, you know, I really want to go back to California. It really feels like home to me. And I really would like to go back there. Plus my son, Nathan's at Chapman yeah. and he's in his senior year right now. And we wanted to be back close to him. Yeah, that's We've great. got a daughter, Kristen, who's handicapped. That's a home right now with my wife, Nina. Okay. But we really wanted to be all together as a family. So I said, okay, well, I'll see if there's any opportunities out there to move back to the West Coast. Awesome. And that's how this opened up. Yeah. And then so we were just super blessed to be able to have you and someone with your experience and caliber to be able to be you know, sort of available in the midst of that moment. Because it's like, you know, we we had a need where our head of school, Leah, was great, but she moved the other way. She moved <laughs> to right. the East Coast, right? And so then it's like, okay, Lord, like what's going to happen? And then for us to be able to be, you know, I'm not just trying to you know, yeah. I'm not just trying to pat you on the back, but it's like, no, <laughs> no we yeah, were, we were you. significantly blessed and we'd heard great things from multiple people. I even just heard another thing like this week of somebody that had worked with you in Santa Fe Springs and right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Santa Fe Christian, Santa Fe, uh, sorry, not Santa Diego. Fe Springs. Yeah. yeah. Santa Fe Christian. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so somebody that was just like, yeah, ecstatic that you were here. And so I don't know, just kind of cool stories like that. And, uh, so yeah, super grateful for that for you. So then, um, you know, I don't, what did you, even for you, like, what did you see about Calvary? Cause I guess it was like that connection with, with Dr. Gertzen, right. And stuff right. like that. And then that you'd already known about Calvary. And right. so then, and then your kid out here and wanting to come back in the West coast, but then what were you kind of feeling and sensing just even maybe as you started to interview and get to know us now, not the old Calvary. So, so I, yeah, let me go back to the old Calvary oh, yeah, for a moment sure. because for years, I had bragged about Calvary. <laughs> I had told people, I went on an accreditation visit, and I went to a Christian school that they were doing it right, and they were doing mm-hmm. it well. Mm-hmm. And you could see the sense of community. You could see the older kids loving on the younger kids. You could see the teachers really caring about the students. Everything seemed to be clicking. Everything seemed to be done so well. And I always look back on that, and I've mentioned Calvary, I don't know how many times, to other people talking about the Christian school experience saying, that's the way we should be doing Christian school. Hmm. So that was always in my head and always in my heart. So when I heard that this had opened up, then I was like, oh my goodness, I need to, I need to check this out. But in the middle of the pandemic, things were going so bad, especially being in North Jersey, where it was the hot spot, that in Manhattan. Yeah, and we were struggling with so many changes at the school. And at one point I said, I shouldn't be leaving this school right now. They're in a crisis. And, right. and I didn't know why Leah was moving, but I said, Leah Hess really shouldn't be. I told the search team, they shouldn't, you shouldn't be having a switch right now. It's not yeah. a good yeah. time to be doing that. Right. So it was, it was tough. <laughs> yeah. And then God kind of hit me on the head and said, like, this is something you need to look at. Yeah. My yeah. wife was like, this is really something. My heart is saying, like, check this out. You need to be looking hard at this. Mm. So I said, okay, now 
one of the things that was good in my leaving was that I had someone, you always think about a succession plan yes. when you're leadership. And I had someone that was ready to step in That's cool. and was grooming him. That's and I wish great. I had more time with him, but he was ready. So I felt comfortable when I said, Hey, let's see if we can make this jump. Oh, that's awesome. So. That's awesome. Well, cool. And so we're happy to um, have you here with us. So then for you with like, education, why'd you get into education in the first place? Kind of why do you feel a sense of calling to that early on? Ever since I was very young, I worked in Sunday schools. I worked with preschool. Um, As I got older, I was a youth pastor. I worked with high school kids, middle school kids, college and career. Um, And I found myself doing a lot of teaching and I realized I had a gift for teaching. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I need to be looking at this as a career. Yeah. And so when I was in college, originally there was a glut of teachers in California. I was at Southern California College, now Vanguard University. Yep. And I felt like there's nothing out there. I maybe should be looking at going in a different direction. But after a while of just working in the business world, I felt God was tugging my heart like, this is what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Hmm. I came home one day and told my wife, I need to go back to school and get my credential. Okay. And so she said, I'll, I'll work. You go back to school. Oh, and wow. I did it. So. Yeah, so a pretty deep sense of this was God's direction. This was God's direction. Yeah. These were the gifts I had, and I needed to pursue them. Yeah. Now, what I didn't realize with the, my business background and my management background, those were also, also things that God was developing in me. And so when I started taking on administrative roles in education, mm-hmm. I saw that God was opening doors for me to do some things that was just beyond teaching in the classroom. Yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. and Because a lot of times people get into teaching, and they just would want nothing to do with those things. Right. right? Yeah. Um, and so then it's like, has like, I love how you had that certain set of experiences that made administration make a lot of sense. But I, I think any you. great administrator should miss being in the classroom. Yes. That's where your heart should be. The classroom, everything that happens there, the teacher and the students, that's the heart of the school. Yeah. And so there's plenty of opportunities for me to jump in the classroom and speak and, and all. And I miss doing that, but, um, that's part of what God's given me an opportunity to, to deal with and strengthen more teachers and more kids than I would if I was just a teacher in a classroom. That's cool. That's cool. I, I have a sort of a deep love for education as well. And just even Christian education, which we'll talk about obviously, but just uh, even, I kind of always felt like if I, hadn't it just felt God straight up, like supernaturally calling me to yeah. church ministry that like I could have seen myself being a history teacher or something like that was right. what I think I would have wanted to do. And then especially being married to an English teacher. And yeah. so we're kind of in that school world all the time for us and thinking about that. And I don't know if you know this, but I actually, this is kind of weird, but I actually taught, I don't know if I told you, I told, I taught Christian school science for a year in middle school. <laughs> middle school. Yeah, yeah. Down at Capo Beach Christian School like uh, 25 years ago or something, 20 plus years ago. So it was kind of crazy. I, don't, I think they were just pretty desperate. <laughs> and they wanted someone that would at least keep the kids' attention, you know? <laughs> uh, it's hard for middle school to find people that want to do that. Yeah, exactly. So. And to fill in for like two periods and that's it. That, right. That kind of a deal. But um, yeah, and I love it. And so, um, but just because... You can, you get so much time. Like one thing I remember even as a youth pastor, sort of feeling jealous of the teachers about was as a youth pastor, I feel like we, when the kids sort of came to us, we only had about three or four hours a week at most. Like if they were the most committed kids, you know, we'd get about that much time with them. Whereas, uh, you know, and we, we would pursue them in other ways, but 
But a teacher's getting these kids, you know, in the classroom for 35 hours a week or something, you know, whatever that is. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so you have such a great opportunity to be able to like mold and shape and spend time with them. You have about 10 times the amount of time that the kids are getting exposed to youth and youth pastor and their Sunday school classes and so forth. So it's really a golden opportunity for teachers. And as, as Christian school teachers, um, you need to be um, a great teacher of your subject or your grade level, whatever you're teaching, but you also need to be a discipler Mm -hmm. and that's key in Christian education, the role of the teacher as a discipler. Yeah. So I, I, Let's like dig into that a little bit, because for you, did you sort of notice that early on in like the sense of why you chose? So, you you know, you wanted to get into education, but of why you chose Christian education? I wanted to connect with kids. Mm -hmm. I wanted to speak into their spiritual life. I wanted to see them grow as individuals. And while I was a history government economics teacher, Mm -hmm. and I, I wish I was teaching right now with the current climate, the what's going on with politics and the yeah. vote and all that stuff. Yeah. It's a, a rich time to be a teacher. Um, hmm. I, I was in it because I wanted to connect with young people and see them grow. Yeah. And I wanted to be a mentor to young people. And so um, that to me has been what I've always challenged teachers to do. Hey, you better have one or two or a dozen kids who want to hang out with you not just because you're a good teacher, but because they've connected with you as an individual and spiritually. I love that. I love yeah. that. And that's for me what I see like in my wife who like you know, is at a Christian school yeah. and teaches uh, English. And it's just for her, like, yeah, she cares about the subject matter. But I think it's almost like, <laughs> I don't want to speak for her too much, but it's almost like the subject matter is like 20% and like the life stuff is 80% right. of what she loves. I mean, she loves the, the way that the content leads to that, you know, even yes. and like teaching the content and really caring about the writing and all of that. But then it leads to these discussions about, especially as like a, like an English teacher, you know, you're having a discussion about some book or some poem or whatever, like a way that the kid's writing came out and you're able to like just really dig into in the same way that a history teacher can dig in in a different way or a science teacher in a different way, right? Like then you're wrestling with worldviews, right. especially teaching in literature, teaching in history, mm-hmm. you're talking about how do people see the world? What is reality? Um, how do we get to where we are right now as, as a human race? Yeah. And those are the things you get to get into as a Christian teacher and dig deep into those things that as a, as a teacher in other places, even as a Christian, you may not be able to do that. So that's a rich opportunity. Right. For Christian it is. Teachers. It is a really great opportunity. Um, so for you, like what, like... In the sense of what else makes education Christian? So you've talked about discipling. You have this opportunity to disciple. You have this opportunity to speak into topics that in a, in a different way or life in a different way, maybe like a little more freely at least, right? Right. Um, is there any other aspects like for you that like what makes education Christian? Like what, how do you define that? So something that I grew up with, I'm um, being raised by a, a, a grandmother that um, was really my biggest spiritual impact in my life. She taught me that there's no divide between the secular and the sacred. Right. And so that we live every day before God. And so everything we need to do in the scriptures just fill with, with um, um, you know, countless places where it talks about, you know, everything you do, you do is unto the Lord. Um, everything you do because God's called you to do it. Um, that's Christian education. That's like, hey, you're doing your homework. Um, you're interacting with your friends. You know, how does God want you to live? How does God want you to act out in those things? Mm-hmm. You're living your life before God. Mm-hmm. You're not like, okay, I'm away from church, so I'm away from God. Or I'm away from home, away from my parents. So there's this tendency for kids to separate in their mind 
they're away from something and in something else. But in the Christian school, to be able to say there's no divide between the sacred and the secular, mm-hmm. you're always to live your life before God, mm-hmm. and he expects you to be making choices that are honoring him and honoring those around mm-hmm. and loving him and loving those around. Right. And so that's a very key part of Christian education is challenging kids to live like that that's on cool, a daily yeah. basis. And like a bit of that, like all truth is God's truth, right? Like we don't yes. think of two plus two equals four as like Christian, right? but that's truth that God designed, right? right. Yeah. In math and science and in other religions, there you look at other religions and there's truth in there that God has, has inserted into those philosophies and those, on those worldviews because it's going to tug people's hearts toward him when they have the mm. opportunity. So yes, all truth is, is God's truth and have kids be able to see the world through God's eyes. Right. You know, why do we live in a broken world right now? Because sin is coming to the world. Right. A natural worldview, a worldview outside of uh, outside of God or that puts God out of the picture, um, you know, we, we came here by random chance. Uh-huh. Like there's no right or wrong. Uh, you know, are we going to live our lives like the last verse of Judges? Everyone does what's right in their own eyes. Yeah. I mean, that's the alternative yeah. to having a Christian worldview and saying God has a plan for this broken world, and we need to be part mm-hmm. of it. And that's right now, I mean, maybe for longer, but right now, uh, do what's right in your own eyes feels very prominent, and the way you're saying doing it according to the, the Word of God feels so countercultural, right? right? So it's like what you're able to bring in then in that Christian environment is such a contrast to what like kids are getting out there in the world. Right. Um, so it's interesting then, because like we even talked before, like there's uh, before we started recording of like there's there's no part of us here within this that wants to say that public school is bad or that home, right. you know, or like we say homeschooling is bad and you should only be here in a Christian school. Like right. even though obviously Calvary has a Christian school. So yeah. we do have a level of uh, being honest that like this is what we're doing. And so this is yeah. part of why we think this is great. And there, but at the same time. It's not always like bad, like public school, but there's some reasons why you would think that Christian school is a good choice, right? Yes. Like, as opposed to some other... Yes, you know. and and having friends who are Christians in public schools and the challenges they face and all, um, God's called them there. Absolutely. And they need to live that out. And even as someone who grew up in public schools up until college... I, I knew which teachers and administrators were Christians. Mm-hmm. Something clicked in my heart like, oh my goodness, this person is different. And we need people in those communities that Absolutely. are that are tugging on people and can call them to Christ. Yeah. Um, that's important. And there are families that need to homeschool and the parents can do that. And that's what works for them. So parents have to really pray and discern what's the best place for you. Mm-hmm. So my investment in Christian school um, you, you've got um, you've got godly teachers that are mentors. That's mm-hmm. that's really something that's very right. key. You've got the the Christian worldview that um, that people are teaching. Mm-hmm. You've got discipling and raising young people that are going to be leaders, and mm-hmm. then you're calling kids to change the world mm-hmm. because you're calling kids to be a light and be salt and to be um, and be the people that are going to go out there and make a difference in the world because God has called them to use their gifts to build His kingdom, mm-hmm. and so there's a whole different frame of mind when you're working with kids saying, 
you've got gifts. God wants you to use those gifts to help build his kingdom. Yeah. Um, that's what they're for. They're not there for you to be rich and be successful and all those things. Those will happen as a byproduct of you using right. those gifts. But God wants you to use those gifts to build his kingdom. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then, so like, what have you seen of the way, like, so from people, whether that's like at Calvary or at other Christian schools, kind of how does that impact them into the next phase of their life, like into adulthood? So um, let me share first. I have a couple of friends that um, were dads who became Christians because their kids were coming home from Christian school quoting scripture. Dad, help me memorize the scripture verse. Oh, hey, look what I studied in Bible today. Dads have told me like, God got a hold of me because my child was coming home sharing what they were learning in a Christian school. And that to me was just amazing to see people that I knew wow. and respected and then hear the backstory is like, that's why you're a Christian. I had I just thought you're a right. Christian forever, right? Right, right? So you see those you see those kind of things. But um, there's also been research done. There's an organization called CARDIS out of Ontario, Canada. They do research with the University of Notre Dame and with um, ACSI and uh, some other Christian school and private organizations to say what happens to young people that go through these different systems, the public, the private, the Christian schools, the Catholic schools, what happens to them when they become adults? And they found that kids who grow up having gone through Protestant, the Protestant Christian education experience, they're more committed to the church when they get older. They give more. They go on more missions trips. They um, they volunteer more. They choose vocations. They're not based on um, success or money, but they're more in line with um, using their hearts to give back to the community Mm -hmm. for whatever is part of the public good. Mm -hmm. Um, They're also um, more, they, they hold on to the idea that there are moral absolutes and the choices they make in their lives, in their marriage, and so forth, hmm. are founded on Christian principles. Yeah. So they've held on to those things. Um, those groups of people from those different schools, um, the, those that are Christians that went through these experiences, they all pray, they read the Bible, but the ones who went to Christian Protestant schools do far more of that themselves and with their families than those other groups. So the lifelong impact of the Christian school experience on young people hmm. becoming adults is is uh, measurable. That's cool. What do you think is even with that? You know, like what are some of the cuz I think sometimes like a a negative or something somebody would say is like a counterpoint is like a almost like this like reaction against because it's like been so you know yeah. like they've been so immersed in this for so long right. they almost like would react against to leave or like I mean okay so I went to a Christian school as a kid and I went to from first to eighth grade and then I actually went to uh, public high school and public college my freshman year but then decided to change mm. over to go to a Christian college but like some of my and this is you know back in like the 80s so like some of my Christian education like in elementary school was kind of like intense, sort of fundamentalist, like, uh, do you better obey or you're a bad person? You know, like that kind of like, you know, whatever that, and I, I mean, and we got spanked in the whole deal back in the day, right? But that was a different time. And so I don't like, maybe have you seen some ways and cause you've been in this a little while. And so have Mm -hmm. you seen some ways that we've sort of grown in our approach to be a little different than that kind of heavy handed smacky on the wrist kind of Catholic nun approach or whatever. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I think 
I think the big, the biggest challenge in Christian schools is, are we developing little Pharisees? Right. Are we developing young people who I know what to say? I know what to talk. I've memorized the Bible verses. Right. I know how to look right, but boy, you turn your back on me, mom, dad, teacher, yeah. and this is who I really am. Yeah. So, um, but we've got people who can walk the walk and talk the talk, but it's not in their heart. Yeah. And so that's the real danger in Christian schools mm-hmm. that we develop kids are like that. So I think that the cure for that is, first of all, is having Christian school teachers that are mentors and discipling that connect with kids that love on them and really mm-hmm. care about them. Mm-hmm. And then they also, and also the word of God that you're yeah. sharing the word of God. You're speaking into kids lives regularly with the word of God, because the word of God is alive and it's going to do a work in spite of us sometimes, yeah. in yeah. spite of the things that we do that we're failing or we're struggling or we're saying the wrong thing. The word of God is going to act. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It- it really does. I mean, even a few episodes of this podcast, like we've talked about how everything comes down to that relationship and yes. like building that relationship is the key to good ministry. And that's so true in this. And it's kind of funny. I was actually just thinking about this. Like I'm actually Facebook friends with three of my elementary school teachers because <laughs> it was like this small Christian school yeah. and like the world of sort of the Christian Orange yeah. County church, right. you know, sort of church world is just sort of small enough that um, I could right. still at least know a few of them. And it's like, it's pretty special to me. Like I had, uh, like even when I became the senior pastor of Calvary and like my second grade teacher just commenting on there saying like, so proud of you, Eric. And still, you know, when I was at the time, like 43 years old and it was like, oh, you know, like, it's just so awesome to have my um, second grade teacher, Mr. Armstrong, like said nice things. Yeah, yeah that's, that's special to teachers. I know as someone who is on Facebook with a lot of my former students that I stay connected with and some yeah. that I've mentored and talked to about adult issues they struggle with. And I probably one of the highlights of my life was a former student calling me up and saying, I'm getting married. I want you to do the wedding. Oh, that's cool. And yeah. I said, you know, I'm, I'm not licensed to do that in California. And they said, well, you can go through training with the state and, and all the county. And so I actually <laughs> officiated at a wedding. Nice. I was a surprise officiant because all these students of mine were like, who's doing the wedding? And it was a surprise that it was <laughs> oh, me. And getting together cool. with all these former students and seeing being involved in a celebration like that, it's very special to stay connected with them. So I'm sure it's special for your yeah. teachers as well. Yeah, but that's like, what it comes down to. And that, yeah. and that's like, nobody's to say that that's not going to happen in public school, but we'd right. like hope that what we're really trying to encourage, I know we're trying to encourage that in, in our right. teachers. Whereas sometimes, and not to get like sort of in the politics, but like unions and like responsibilities right. and like, you can only do, don't do too. I remember my wife, when she was working in public schools, almost like when she was doing that more, it was almost like other people would be mad. Like, why are you doing so much? You're making us look bad kind of thing. Right. You know, like, and that could have just been that right. school at the time, but, yeah. but it was that sort of attitude, right? Like, no, we're only, we've negotiated to only have to do this much. Why are you doing more? And that like, yes. Like, and Ugh. the other side of that is that I've hired public school teachers that came to Christian schools and they just, the common denominator was I can share my faith. I can right. talk about what I believe. I right. can talk to kids about their spiritual life. And there's just such a relief yeah. when they realize that they can do that. Yeah. It's absolutely. freeing for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and again, we're like, so we think it's amazing. Like we have lots of, 
even Calvary Church members who are public school teachers mm-hmm. that are just having incredible ministry impact right. and like impact on kids' lives right. in public school. And so it's like, again, no discounting of that. <laughs> no, because they're reaching a community that we can't reach. They're yeah. reaching a community where the families maybe aren't Christians and wouldn't be interested in Calvary's right. school. They're reaching communities where um, the kids may know nothing about faith and they have a chance to speak into their lives. Right. So that's an opportunity to reach an audience that we will never reach yep. in that's uh, that's important, and I just then know. But I know for me as a parent, when I was thinking about education for my children, it really mattered to me though about kind of just where it feels like the world of public education is moving, and when it comes to worldview, was right. just so radically um, changing and kind of and just different than you know maybe opposed to biblical worldview in so many ways, and it was such a a gamble of what teacher would you get and what are, what right. are the things that they really are championing mm-hmm. and that you could have some things that maybe I wouldn't want my kindergartner or seventh grader, you know, having, you know, be, being molded into by like worldly standards. Right. So last year, New Jersey rolled out its new sex ed curriculum from kindergarten on up. Um, and they bragged that, you know, we modeled this after California's model. <laughs> yeah. So, and I was like, oh, I was here when that came out. And okay. it's, and then I'm seeing Christian families. There were meetings with some of the Christian organizations that were, you know, opposing it saying like, what do we do with this? How mm-hmm. do we, how do we deal with this? Our kids are going to get exposed to it. And sometimes the kids are too young to discern and they respect their teachers. And that's a, that's a big challenge. And it's a big challenge for the Christian teachers who are having to deal with that as yeah, well. It really is. Yeah. It really is. So what do you kind of, Along those lines, like, what do you think is, since we're kind of getting into that, like, like what's just sort of the state of education out there today? Like, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on where education is in general? I think um, the, the state is controlling more and more through laws what the curriculum is. Yeah. And it used to be that um, the individual states, individual counties and towns could control curriculum. And then it became broader, became the state, then the federal government. And there's this push and pull constant battle between the different parties, like who should control Mm -hmm, curriculum. But, mm -hmm. but, um, it feels like more and more the state is controlling that and people's ideas about gender identity and things like that are becoming Mm -hmm. more and more common and more and more becoming the norm. And that's what I see a lot of Christian families struggling with. I interviewed a family today that was um, coming and they said, we just don't feel comfortable with what's being taught now in our child's public school. And we just can't continue that. And that's what families are struggling with. Yeah. So that's, that's what's hard is the parents now um, don't have the control over what their kids are being taught anymore. And if it's at odds with what they believe, then uh, what do you do with that? Right. That's the struggle. Yeah. That's challenging. And so it's like, Especially so if you are someone listening and you're your parent and you're of kids that are in public school, I think you have I think we all have a great responsibility as parents to not let church or school raise our kids for us. Right. But I think you have to be even more on it. <laughs> Let's right say now. If, if you know that your kids are being you yeah. know, experiencing certain worldviews that are being taught to them in school and you need to make sure that you're a preparing them for when they hear it and then helping them process it after they hear it. Right. Like, yes. And, yeah. and you've got, you're responsible because the parent is the primary teacher of the child. Yeah. Yeah. You're responsible for making sure kids are solid and ready to go wherever they're at, even if going off to college. So, yeah. um, I know Christian 
um, families that they put their kids into public school and the kids were ready. Like that yeah. kid's mature. They're yeah. a thinker. They get their faith. They get, they know what they believe and they're ready. But others, um, for whatever reasons, maybe the families couldn't afford it anymore yeah. to be in a Christian school. Um, maybe they just want to make a change. Um, the kids weren't ready for it. And right. then you don't want a kid who's a follower in a climate like that. Right. That's where it's difficult. Yeah, no, that's true. And that's where... I know for myself personally, so like I said, I went to Christian school from first to eighth grade. I went to a private little kindergarten, but it was kind of more of a hippie mm. artist school in Laguna Beach. And uh, <laughs> and then uh, first through eighth in Christian school, and it was it was great. And kind of small school, like where it was like a one class per grade level. Yeah, so it's a very tight mm. community. And I actually really liked the smallness of it. I think that's, even with Calvary, it's not quite that small, but it's... It's small enough where I feel like I like that tight knit community thing where you're not just part of the masses and um, which can be nice. And then but so for me, I went there through eighth grade and then I went to public high school and I feel like I was very well prepared. And yet I did have like a period of sort of rebellion and partying and that kind of thing in high school. But at the same time, it was like God was so. So I, I know I was a believer in Jesus. I know I was saved, but I had this sort of rebellion stage, I think, kind of like what we had talked about earlier, of being so right. like in church every, you know, I'm in church like two or three days a week, and then I'm in Christian school five days a week. And I was kind of like, just like reacting against it at some level once I had gotten into that environment. But like that foundation was so there that I think that God was just kind of tugging at me the whole time I was in that. And I always knew he was there, but I was kind of like, pushing him away, but cause I kind of wanted to do this thing, but like God was still just like, no, 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 no. I got you. So, but, and eventually I was like, okay, Lord, you're right. I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back with you, so to speak. Right. And, and repented of that stuff. And at some level I was sort of grateful for the opportunity to fail, you know, like, I, and so it's, it's an interesting blend of what people want to have to like what you're going to choose for your kids. If it is like, I know some people do that where it's like intentionally through eighth grade and intentionally go to public school to kind of like, okay, now you're in the world while you're still under our roof and you know, we'll help you. But, and I know a school like where my kids go to, sorry, I'm just kind of, I don't mean to just keep going, but like where, or I mean, where my oldest daughter goes to at orange Lutheran, it's kind of like a, it's a Christian school that's big enough that there's still temptation there. You know, like there's still kids that are doing good stuff and kids that are doing bad stuff, you know? And so she's having to face temptation, but within this environment where the teachers are nurturing her through that instead of almost being part of it, you know, or being another force pulling her away from God. Like she's in the midst of this place where she can have some temptations and have to learn how to respond but like within this nurturing environment. So that's like an accountability relationship issue. Yeah. You know, if you're in a small group and you're sharing what you're going through, then you're going to get feedback or you're going to have a youth pastor connected. You're going to get feedback, but that's, that's the danger. People are going to go out and they're going to explore and try and figure out, yeah. do I really want this? Yeah. And, and kids have to own that for themselves. Yeah. Um, Barna group and ACSI did research in 2017 on why do people choose Christian schools? Oh, okay. And the number one reason was safety. Yeah. Now, they also researched families who are looking at Christian schools, and they had their number one choice was safety as well. But for those families, and of course, safety means a whole different thing yeah. today than it did 
then. But yeah. th- those families looking at Christian schools said, we want to make sure it's an environment where kids won't get bullied, will they be cared for by the teachers and so forth. Right. But for the Christian families, they wanted safety to mean an environment where kids could ask questions, yes. share about their faith, really wrestle with issues of faith yes. comfortably. And so that's something that's really critical in a Christian school, yep. in any kind of environment, in a, in a youth group, um, in a yeah. Sunday school class, where people be able to wrestle with their doubts right. and not be fearful yeah. of being nurtured in, in sharing those doubts and right. wrestling with them. Yeah, because that's what I always say about doubts is like doubts are fine as long as what you do with those doubts is like is lean into them right. versus like run from them or something or right. run from God uh, right. is like, OK, if you have doubts, like that's just an opportunity mm. to to dig and study and, you know, and ask God to the spirit to come minister into. Mm. And that's really hard in a public school environment to it's, say, you know, like, and and it's, it's the, hard. And it's hard yeah. for, it's hard for parents. It's hard for pastors. It's hard for Christian school administrators and teachers. You, you inside, you may be panicking, like you're questioning what, <laughs> like, but right. you can't right. do that. You have to be there yeah. and you have to be calm and you have to listen. Yeah. And listen and listen and share yeah, and uh, be there for that person. Yeah. So. And that's, it's scary for me as a parent of yeah. teenagers now and yeah. you know, their, their faith is becoming their own and it's not just right. like under our roof, especially with a senior now and like these kind of these life stage things where you're like, okay, you're about wow. to go. What we, next? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. next? So yeah, I can relate to a lot of those, those struggles and those fears. Um, but what, what do you then think kind of like makes Calvary Christian school special for that kind of, you know, for that kind of stuff of how we can help kids and parents? Um, I was invited two weeks ago to a first grader's wedding. So it was really nice. She looked at me. I was standing outside the classroom. They're oh, going to go outside the recess. And she said, you know, Mr. Simon, I got a boyfriend. And I said, uh, does your boyfriend know he's your boyfriend? Yeah, we both know. You know, we have a relationship. Yeah. A first grader. And and we're having a wedding. It's going to be a pool party wedding, and you're invited. Oh, my. And we picked out the cake and everything. And I said, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I'll, I'll be sure to be there. So yeah. I, I share that because the kids are so comfortable with adults <laughs> and being themselves and sharing. Yeah, yeah. And the adults love each other. Yeah. They love being around each other. Um, one of the things that really made a difference to me when I was looking at this opportunity was one of the teachers here that I knew said, said, Dave, the teachers love getting together and eating lunch together and hanging out mm-hmm. in lunchroom together. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's priceless. Mm-hmm. That's something that's unusual. Mm-hmm. Even in Christian schools, mm-hmm. they love being around each other. They love being together. Yeah. And so that sense of community, that sense of being together, being in this together, wrestling with these problems and these issues together, that's something that's just priceless that's awesome. in this school. And I've had so many kids come up and they talk, little kids come talk to them, introduce themselves to me, just start sharing with me. And the fact that they feel comfortable doing that is a credit to what the teachers are doing, as well as what the parents are doing to raise young people yeah. that are respectful of, uh, of people in this community. Oh, that's great. So that that's makes great. this a very special place. That is special. And, and you were just telling me recently about like a, one of our a kid like receiving Jesus, right? Oh, we've got, I, I got some, I'm going to share yeah. this. Yeah, we, yeah. I have, um, so this is last week, one of the teachers shared this. Um, I just wanted to share good news of what happened in Bible class today. Nine students prayed to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior and wanted to be followers of Jesus here and now. So they were studying in the Bible curriculum, like what it meant to follow Jesus. 
And some of the students said, wow, we wish we'd been in the Bible times and walked with Jesus. And, huh. and the teacher said, you can walk with Jesus right now. And she said, do any of you ever pray to Jesus on your own? Have any of you asked Christ into your life? And several of the kids raised their hands like, I've followed Christ. And other kids were like, what does that mean? Mm. And so she shared and she prayed with them. And um, she explained what the good news meant. And she said, whenever you like to pray to receive Jesus and follow him as a disciple today, and nine of the kids prayed. And she said, some of them have heard this before, yeah. but there seemed to be a deeper understanding of what it meant to follow yeah. Jesus for today. That's so cool. She said, I just wanted to share the joy that was present in our room today as our family of God grew today, as well as our love for one another. Huh. And the really cool thing that happened afterwards was that one of the kids said, hey, aren't we supposed to get baptized now? Oh, wow. So... Kids know. Kids yeah. are learning. Yeah. What do you do? Who are you as a Christian and all this stuff? That's so cool. So that was really amazing yeah. to hear that. That is amazing. Yeah. And that's so cool. Like I I actually remember I, I prayed with my fourth grade teacher yeah. to receive Christ. And yeah. you know, so it's like, yeah, Mr. Linger, Mr. Rick Linger was like wow. my you know, it's so like that teacher that led me to the Lord. That like and yeah. it again, it's it's a harvest, right? And it and it's right. It went from seed for a long time and from my parents to other teachers to church leaders, you know, and then right. he got to be able to be you know, reaping that harvest in that moment. Yeah. As, as like Christian school teachers, you're, you're planting and you're watering and as God giving the increase. You're, you're always working. You just never know. You look at kids and you say, they're not getting it or they're not receiving this. And other kids seem really open. You just don't know what the soil's like yeah. and you just keep plugging away and plugging away at it and know that God's going to honor that. Yeah, that's cool. All right, so we're in a pandemic, and kids came out of doing all yeah. remote, you know, online school last spring, and I'm, I think at, I think all schools of the world said that was probably like we survived, we didn't thrive right through that right. process last spring right. is my hunch. I mean, at least it's a, I'm painting a little bit of a broad stroke there, right. but but uh, then we go into this year, and I don't know. I just think about you as. What were the challenges for you as a leader in the midst of that? Well, um, the Ending first, a brand new school. The, <laughs> yeah, it was it was hard because um, we looked at how are we going to start school? Can we start school? What are we going to do? We have August nineteenth was our start date, and a lot of schools around us were postponing their start dates two or three weeks or more, mm -hmm. waiting to see what the state or the county would allow. Mm -hmm. But we said, we're going to stick with this, and we'll have the kids do online learning in the classroom. The teachers will broadcast from another room. Yeah. But we want to have kids come back. The parents need it. We polled our families. 86% of them wanted to come back in the classroom. Yeah. And so we said, we're going to do this. And the day that we started school, we got a notice from the county saying, you can open up face-to-face -face learning for, for everyone, yeah. K through 6. So um, it was it was a neat thing to have happen, but this is something we had to look at what other schools were doing. We had to look at their reopening plans and kind of model what we were doing after what others were doing. But it was really a team effort. It was getting together with the administrative team, the teachers. What can we do? What can't we do? What do you feel comfortable doing? We really had to wrestle with this as a team. And I had to listen. I'm the new guy. So <laughs> yeah. people say, hey, we don't do this here. This is what we feel comfortable with. I just have to listen because you can't say like, hey, I'm in charge and right, this is right, the way we're right. going to do things. So there's an element of being able to be part of a team yes. and dialogue together that was part of that. So we did that together and we nailed it. And and opening up when we did because we started having an influx of families coming in and I we accepted three more students today. Oh wow, yeah. We still have families that as they see the public schools like, oh, 
we're not hybrid two days a week. Oh no, they're not going to open up. Right. We it's want face to face instruction. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So we still have people coming in now. Yeah. We just hired a new we teacher this week, the, right? We just we hired, hired a new, a new teacher, teacher yep. for fourth grade. The class has gotten too big, and and so um, we lost families at the beginning of the summer that they weren't sure what they were doing, and some yeah. moved away. But now we've been growing, and we've actually gained a lot more students than the number that mm. we lost. So we're very happy. Oh, about that's that. good. Well, well done, because it's. You know, normally as a new leader too, it's like yeah. it's sort of recommended like come in and listen yeah. and get to know the you know get yeah. to know the place for a year yeah. or less or something something like that right, right. before you make major changes. Right. It's like but you're thrust into an environment where the changes are mandatory. Like you're having to make changes right away, and so that's yeah. like uh, and I know you're yeah. still in the midst of that trying to to listen yeah. to the people that had been here, but still that's. You didn't have that luxury. We, we had to make changes. We had to make <laughs> yeah. choices of what we were doing that yeah. you couldn't, you, you know, people were saying, we want a normal experience for our kids. Well, <laughs> we want a normal experience as administrators and educators and all yeah. this stuff. And we had to figure out how to make that happen. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was tough. It, it was is. tough. It really is tough. But I feel like it's, it's been good. Like it's, it's as, as sort of quote unquote normal, um, even though it's a hard word these days, but it's, it's as quote unquote normal <laughs> as it can be, right. I feel like for where we're at right now. And, um, you know, for me as a, as a parent here, you know, I'm not, I'm not only a, you know, what is it? I'm not, I'm also a customer, you know, I'm not only a spokesperson, I'm I'm also a customer, but like where for me as a parent, like I just have loved that we're able to be doing what we are doing as a school and basically getting that because what I want is I love the the touch of that that personal touch of the care and the challenging and the mentorship from the teacher from these great teachers as I have a mm-hmm. middle schooler these this great right. uh, group of teachers that we have and it just doesn't it just doesn't work in an online only setting it's just right. not the same thing at all and I think that's such a a beautiful advantage that this Christian middle school kind of environment, obviously elementary, but like this Christian middle school environment has of just this whole group of people with different um, sort of gifts and also different lenses and different styles that connect with different kids, you know? And so it's been really cool to see uh, multiple teachers connecting with my daughter. And and middle school is such a critical age Um, as someone who's worked at the high school level as well, where you see kids character and personality start to form and really harden middle school. They're still forming. You can still speak into their lives and kids are pulling away from their parents at that age. And they need adults who can speak into their lives that they, they can respect. And so you have that burden as a, as a middle school teacher, as a middle school educator that, Hey, I've got these kids for a least short window of time and I've got to make a difference in their lives because I may be the adult that they connect with and they're going to go off. Many of them are going to go off into public school next year. And if they're not solid spiritually, then, um, you know, they're going to be in trouble. And so we have that burden as well with the kids when they're leaving. Exactly. And that's why I think it's the worldview stuff is more important than the behavior modification stuff. And when I, you know, and so like giving them that solid worldview. And that's probably partially from my own personal experience, but mm-hmm. when they have that solid worldview, biblical Christian worldview, plus a, an actual relationship with Jesus and the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit's work informing them is like what really needs to be happening. But like that, when they have that, rather than it just being this like place, you're going to get swatted if you don't follow the, every single little rule mm-hmm. that, that then when they get the challenges of high school, they might struggle but they've right. got that worldview piece. It's going to always kind of like bring them back to center mm-hmm. when they struggle. It brings them back to right. the Lord. 
Um, yeah, and that's what, when I pray for teachers, I pray that you love them so hard and so well that you can really push them. Mm-hmm. So you push them academically, you push them as young people, how they grow mm-hmm. spiritually and so forth. But you got to love on them first yes. so they'll respond to you. That's yes. always my prayer for teachers. That's and that's cool. what I that's what I try and do. I, I feel like I want to measure my success with kids as administrator by um, how well they respond to me after there's been a problem, after there's, there's been discipline. Do I still have a relationship with them? Yeah. That's the one I really maintain, which is just a challenge. I have students who went into education who became teachers. Teachers because I was their teacher. And that's a really exciting thing Super. to see. But I've yet to have someone say, Mr. Simon, I was in your principal's office so many times that I decided to become a school principal. It hasn't happened <laughs> Not yet. yet. Not yet. hasn't happened yet. Oh, so that's, that's, a cha- <laughs> that's a challenge. But um, you just want to love on them so much that they know how much you care. Yeah. And, uh, and, you, and you're still going to care about them in spite of the things that choices might have made that got them in trouble. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's cool. And I, I, I've heard you're doing a good job out there, even with the middle schoolers. Cause you know, I've got an inside connection, yeah. but, uh, even them saying, you know, Mr. Simon, we like him. He's cool. He's kind of funny, you know, like it'll just stuff like that. <laughs> and like, he, and, yeah. and just, I can tell like they're noticing that you care about them, you know, yeah. like you, you see them. And that I think for middle schoolers, like to be seen and noticed is a big yeah. deal. So it's really cool. Yeah. Um, so, Okay. Let's, why don't you just tell us a little bit of how could people find out more about Calvary Christian School? So, um, first of all, I want to point out that if you're a member of Calvary Church of Santa Ana, that yeah. there's a $1,000 discount for families that um, offer the tuition. Awesome, yeah. Um, Calvary.school, um, go there, check out the website. Nicole Mayoko is our admissions director, and she's always available. Yeah. Um, she's doing a great job working with these new families that are coming in. We've, awesome. We had two kids today that were in the classroom um, looking, checking it out, shadowing to see, do I want to be here? Families getting tours during the day after school when the kids are, are gone. Um, a lot of opportunities to really check out the school. Great. Call and just ask questions. Um, yeah. Explore. Is this the experience that you want? We're having a lot of families, Christian and non-Christian families, that are saying, like, I don't want my kids sitting in front of a screen right, right now. Right. And even the families that aren't Christian families are saying, you know what, we need solid values for our kids. Yep. So they've got to buy into who we are and what we do and what we teach. Yep. And they're okay with that. But um, there are families that are saying, hey, I need values for my kids, Hmm. so I'll I'll accept what you're doing here because I need to have them with friends in a great place with teachers who care about them and kids who are going to be great friends. So come and explore and see what we've got. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So yeah, so calvary.school is the website. And even if you're just on our calvarylife.org church website, there's a link there to the school that you can make your way over to. Um, But yeah, we'd love for you to check it out. And you got a little bit of a glimpse of the leadership of our school as you listened or watched this. And um, maybe it's uh, prodding something in your heart. And if it's not, and it's just just been an interesting thing to listen to about the state of education in America and our area too, we'd love for you just to keep um, keep our school in your prayers to be praying for our teachers and our students. And it's a, it's a huge, significant ministry of our church. That's the thing, like for people to understand Calvary Christian school, it's not like a school that comes and rents our facility or something like that, that our school is a ministry of our church. Part of our, this is, this is our church ministry and is definitely by far the ministry that has the most sort of like hours put into people (laughs) per, per day, you know, when you think about it. Um, So it's something and the youth pastors, the children's pastors, they're 
on campus. They're doing chapels. We're connected. And we steer people to Calvary Church Santa Ana in our Friday Flash. We remind people, hey, these are things going on. Get your kids connected yeah. to youth group. Don't just do school. Get connected to church. Get, get connected to youth group. They need that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so cool. All right. Well, thanks so much, Dave, for sharing with us thank today. Thank you, Eric. You it's got a it. pleasure being here. All right. And thank you for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast.